Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Five, six, seven, eight. I'm Renee. And I'm Keenan. And this is Stage Notes Bay Area. Hi, Keens. Hi. Good night for me. Good morning for you. Yeah. I'm happy to see your face. Yeah, definitely. So Keenan and I are on Zoom today on opposite sides of the world. Keenan, tell everybody after we recorded and launched episode three, what what happened in your life? I got the incredible opportunity to travel all across China in the Sound of Music Broadway International Tour. I'm already like two months in, which is crazy, but China is awesome. It's an experience I will remember forever. Who do you play in The Sound of Music? I play Friedrich Von Trapp, if you know the show. Um, <laughs> um, I'm the oldest boy out of the seven children. Chances are anyone listening to our podcast? Yes, definitely. The Sound of Music. <laughs> very iconic and classic. It's a classic, um, which is actually one of the reasons it's been really fun to perform in China because... They love the sound of music. They all know it. Didn't they say that in a lot of the schools in China, they use the song Do Re Mi for teaching music? Yeah, they, they told us that in one of our press things. So some of the kids that have seen your show, they don't necessarily speak English. There's subtitles for them. And I also hear some people singing along with us in the sing-along at the end of the show. It's awesome. That is awesome. So obviously, Keenan has gone on this incredible adventure. And as his mom, I have uh, gotten to swing into full-time stage mom mode and I got to be with Keenan for the first about seven weeks of his adventure. Keenan's dad, my husband Brendan, we are switching out internationally every six or seven weeks. So now I've gotten to come home to the Bay Area and Keenan is yeah. still in China for the foreseeable future. Um when are you back? It's the 28th here, um I'm pretty sure. And which means it's the 27th for you there. Your yeah. little brother always reminds me, you're, Keenan's in the future, he says. He thinks you're time traveling in the future. <laughs> mm, not necessarily, but yeah, yeah. kind of. Uh, Keenan yeah. is not going to join us for the whole episode because he was obviously due to his work schedule, was unable to see any shows in the Bay Area. But I no. <laughs> got to go see some shows and my very good friend, colleague, and incredible Bay Area performer Ashley Garlic Hammonds, she went to see Hedwig with me at Shotgun. So Keenan, you know Ashley. You've seen Ashley on stage. I love Ashley. She's awesome. <laughs> she is awesome. Keenan, it actually was kind of perfect that you missed out on Hedwig because as I learned with Cruel Intentions, Hedwig kind of fits in the category of I don't think it was quite not easy. appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> so- <laughs> I didn't repeat my uh, bad parenting mistake. I also wanted to tell you, in our last episode, do you remember we were talking about swimming pools on stage? Yeah. So Was I, there one with Hedwig? No, no. Oh, I thought that's where um, we were going. <laughs> a swimming pool with Hedwig, would have that would be a very interesting choice. Okay. I did some research because I knew there were more shows that I was forgetting in our last episode that have swimming pools on stage. The musical Nine has like a really cool water fountain effect and then metamorphosis was on broadway and it actually had a full-on pool on stage that the actors were in and out of harry potter the cursed child also had one they had the little like manhole size they didn't 
effect with the drop in the back of the stage. It was, I think it was a projection where it showed like them like I think they were doing aerial stunts mm-hmm. where it showed them swimming up toward the top of the auditorium. They were just floating, but like it, they also used effects to like make it look like they were underwater. And then uh, the next scene they popped out of this like small little trapdoor sized swimming pool. But they were wet, if I remember correctly. It was real water, I can tell you that, yeah, I think. In the old Hollywood films of Busby Berkeley, he he did a lot. Um, Esther Williams was a really famous actress, but she also swam and did all these stunts and was a dancer too. And they did all these cool uh, visual effects in a circle. It's called kaleidoscopic with wow. the angle of the camera. And they used a lot of water. Yeah. I'll show you That's one. That's cool. Well, you can just yeah. look at that. That's appropriate. You can look that up on YouTube. I'll send you a link. Okay. So I missed you for Hedwig, but again, we'll go see it when you're yeah. 16. We will miss you while you're off in China. Yeah. But as soon as you're home, okay. we, you and I, we're going to support our local theater yeah. friends in the Bay Area. Yes, we will. And little teaser, we're going to venture out of the Bay Area and we're going to have an episode where we feature some of your friends that are in China with you right now. All right, Keenan. I miss you. I'll okay. see you out a little over a week. Yeah. You and Daddy are flying somewhere today. Where are you flying? We're flying to Shenzhen from Chengdu. Yeah, we're flying to a city right near Hong Kong. Um, our hotel's like right near the beach, so that'll be fun. Awesome. Good thing you packed your swimsuit. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right, buddy. Bye. Bye. Bye, Ashley Hammonds. Hello, Renee Deweese Moran. <laughs> now, you're just using Hammonds, or are you doing the three names like me? Are you going garlic Hammonds? Oh, I am not doing the three names thing. Uh, <laughs> no need to make any big changes. You already got married. That was a big enough change. <laughs> Ashley, you were my, mm-hmm. my fill-in date, and we got yes. to see Hedwig together. You're kind of a groupie, a Hedwig groupie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sometimes I think they're called headheads or wigheads. I remember we were in our dressing room for pajama game and somehow the show, we we were chit chatting and it came up and you just lit up. You kind of geeked out on me. Yeah, I I confess it is it is one of my favorites. um, For sure. So when I had the opportunity to go see it, you were the perfect date because I knew nothing going into this show. How many times have you seen or been in Hedwig? Oh, goodness. I saw the movie. That was the first thing I saw back in you know, what 10 plus years ago now. And then I got to costume a little production of it. And then uh, I saw the Broadway production with John Cameron Mitchell, who wrote the show. I got to see the tour come through. I got to see Lena Hall play Hedwig. And then I finally got to be in Hedwig. <laughs> I think when I saw it, I was just like so enamored with it. And and just I immediately I wanted to be a part of it somehow. And so I kept working on those vocals for a long time because I was like, I know I can do this. I know I can do this. And I got to, I got to do it. I got to prove it. So I, I really love and adore the show. And it was so nice to get excited about it all over again and seeing the shotgun production. Explain to people who don't know it well, like me, who, who went in not knowing anything, sort of the structure of the show. Well, it is the story of Hedwig's life and experiences. And she tells them 
it, it's supposed to be happening right in front of us that evening. The show that we are seeing is actually happening. Hedwig is telling her life story on stage. She's with the rest of her band, The Angry Inch. It's Hedwig, Yitzhak, and the band. Over the course of an hour and a half, we learn Hedwig's life story. She monologues more and more about how she got here, how she became who she is, and then uh, starts to go a little bit off script. And that's when things start to go a bit awry and we see a lot exposed. Yeah, I thought that was a really cool part of the show was I didn't realize how much of the show is dependent upon the actor playing Hedwig being able to improvise and sort of work with the audience that's right in front of them in that performance. Mm -hmm. That's magical and scary from a performer's perspective that takes so much bravery to break that fourth wall and go there every performance. I really enjoyed that aspect of the show because that's rare. Ashley, can you explain why is it so important, the idea that the audience feels like this is taking place right there in that moment and in that location? Yeah, yeah. It just adds to the the realistic element of it. You know, I mean, we see all these realism plays where, you know, the kitchen sink actually runs water and whatnot. This takes it an extra step further of the fourth wall is broken and the audience is being spoken to time and again by Hedwig. And uh, we're supposed to believe that there is this universe where Hedwig exists and um, it just adds to the dramatic nature of of the piece. It's more urgent. It's it's happening before us. It feels That's, real. Yeah, it it definitely helps the audience sort of be immersed in in the show. I definitely got the grungy Berkeley vibe in there. Yeah, I loved that that set. I thought that set was great. The sets always wow me when I go to Shotgun. They're always phenomenal, and I love that this particular production really brought it back to the roots of just kind of being kind of a seedy, divey sort of um, rock venue, it seemed. Whoever did the set dressing did a really good job because there was so much to look at visually. They had sort of a second level, but I feel Mm -hmm. like they didn't use it enough. I wanted to see Hedwig up there more, I think, you know. I did too. I did too. We liked the band reveal. When we started watching it, I, I... I noticed that there was just the uh, guitar player and Hedwig and Yitzhak at the top of the show. And I was like, huh, I wonder, I wonder if the band's out with COVID I, or, or sick, you know, like. Isn't it that's, sad that that's so where your head went? Oh, no. Oh, no. They're going to try and do this entire thing with with no no okay. percussion, no no band. Wow. It's, it's like very stripped away. And then I think I started to put together the pieces because I was like, that curtain back there definitely looks like it's meant to move. Yeah, that first song, Tear Me Down, is just, you know, the two voices and then the guitar. And then we get into Origin of Love and we get a good, I mean, I think it's halfway through the song. I know this part because it's a very like dramatic part. And every time you, you know, listen to it in the car or whatever, it's like, yeah. Because it's such like a, there's this quiet lull moment and then it's the, and then fire. So I really appreciated their, their want to, to really emphasize that. I see, I just got chills again because it's just (laughs) such a fun moment in the show. And I, I loved how dramatic it was that the band was, was suddenly revealed in that moment and there was lights and all sorts of stuff going on. Shotgun did a good job, too, of creating sort of this 
vibe of come and party with us for for the night, even though it was Sunday night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think that was it. I, I think that performer playing Hedwig, I believe their name is Pangea. She did a phenomenal job. That crowd was really, really difficult to play for. It, it, also, like doing Hedwig on a Sunday is just... Uh, that's when I thought the show was at its best is when Pangea would just add a little quip in there about, you know, the Lord's Day or, you know, you just had your mimosas or something earlier and that's why you're not you're not with me today. <laughs> Before we dive deeper into Hedwig, Ashley, not only are you an incredible actress and performer and costumer yourself, but I love that you go see as much theater as you yourself perform. That's one of the reasons I really like you is oh. you support your friends and you support our community. So what else did you see this season? I have seen a lot. Well, I've worked on a show. I worked on the play that goes wrong uh, down at San Jose Stage Company. So I saw my fair share of goings wrongs <laughs> down there. <laughs> Um, there are a lot of things that have to go wrong that are in the script. They have to go wrong correctly. And getting all of that right was definitely a challenge. But I think everybody on the team, the cast got there by opening. And it was just it was so exciting. I finally went and saw A Christmas Carol at ACT. I'd never seen yes. it. He, apparently they're redoing it. So this was the last year mm -hmm. under this sort of artistic vision. So I'm excited to see sort of what the new era of A Christmas Carol in San Francisco is going to be after seeing this one. This one was beautiful. It was classic. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. I felt like I was in the Dickens novel and I love that theater. The Geary Theater is so pretty. The two Scrooges have been doing, there's two gentlemen that alternate. The oh. one we saw, he's been doing it for 17 years. Oh my goodness. And the other guy, I think it's like 13 years or something. They, wow. I mean, that's amazing that they've been doing that production that long. How many roles can you play for 17 years? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the show is great. I went with a friend of mine and we took a bunch of kids because, you know, that's what I do. And the pacing was great and the, the kids really enjoyed it. Happy I caught it before they before they revamp it. It was great. Yeah, it's easy to see why that's such like a staple show for so many theater companies. It just it always hits. I always cry when I watch A Christmas Carol. Oh. I just love it. What did you miss that you wish you had seen? I almost missed The Legend of Georgia McBride. I saw it actually before I went to go see Hedwig with you. My friend Val was in it. It's a fabulous little show. It's so cute. It's so feel good. And it's always great to see your friend up there killing it. You're diehard. You went and saw two shows in one day. I'm Come glad on. I did. Uh, people only did that in New York. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to interview Shelly Doty, who we saw in Hedwig. So before we jump in with Shelly, let's learn a little bit more about them. Shelly Doty is a legendary queer East Bay guitarist, singer, songwriter, and founding member of Skip the Needle. She has performed with artists ranging from Bonfire Madigan to the Funky Meters. Her theater credits include Girlfriend, 2010 Berkeley Rep, and a 2018 residency at the ground floor workshopping her own musical, We Three. Shelly, welcome to Stage Notes Bay Area. Typically, Shelly, you would be interviewed with me and my 11-year-old son. And it was probably 
kismet that he wasn't available because Ashley Garlic is my very good friend and she loves Hedwig. Oh, nice. We have, all right. And, oh, sweet. And then I came into seeing your production. I knew nothing about Hedwig. So we had both perspectives, which was really cool. Tell everybody listening, what is your role in Hedwig? Ah, well, um, I have actually to be, you know, completely transparent. I am part of a conglomerate known as Skip the Needle, which is my band. And um, we portray the angry inch. I saw a call sheet for the, uh, that the show is being cast and that there was a specific ask for people of color. I was like, oh my goodness, I, I, I can't not audition for this. And uh, I went to my band, Skip the Needle, and I said, hey, what do you, what do you say? Should we just audition as a band rather than, I mean, if you guys aren't up for it, then I would love, I'll, I'll do it. I know. I, I mean, I'll audition as, you know, just a solo artist, but I would love to do it as a band. And so we are the Angry Inch. I am Skiship. I can't even tell you how exciting and how thrilling it was that the director, Richard uh, Mosqueda and, you know, Shotgun went for that idea of just hiring a band to do it. We're the Angry Inch. <laughs> That's really cool. So typically it's just individual musicians that are hired. It's not typically a a functioning band that comes in. In general, with you know musicals, that's what happens. The band is is um, is hired as individuals, and it just so happens that this is a musical about a band that <laughs> has a band in it. But you know, I mean, our production is special. I'm just going to say it. I love this show. This show's been going for running for you know what 20, 25 years, something like that. I think that it's brilliantly written. Stephen Trask wrote the music. You know, uh, John Cameron Mitchell wrote the book. And they did such a, a, a wonderful job with the show that has expanded and evolved over the years and has become such a seminal part of, you know, the, of, of queer culture in general. And um, but I think that ours is really special. And part of it, part of it is that we are a band. Part of it is, you know, Richard and Daniel, the musical director, Daniel Alley, you know, they gave us a lot of freedom to bring ourselves to the production. I'm so very proud of how it all came together with us and uh, with Pangea and Liz Curtis and Chris Steele and May Ramos. I mean, I could talk about it all night long. Your band is very cohesive. It, it worked. It worked really, really well. You jive well together. So it's not shocking to me to learn that you were all together before this project. That's great to hear. Since I'm the newbie and maybe Ashley can help be our historian, how was Shotgun's version very different than other versions you're aware of, Shelley, or have seen in the past? I've seen, personally seen three productions live. And, you know, I've, I've, I've seen a couple other, you know, versions uh, here and there. One of the things that we wanted to do, we were really clear from the outset, was we wanted to... You know, if we're going to have a POC Hedwig, then let's make a POC music as well. And by that, I mean, um, if you look at a song like Wig in a Box, it literally states in it, you know, different eras. It talks about the 60s. It talks about the 70s. You know, it like walks you through these different eras. And sort of one of the things that I immediately thought of conceptually was that, well, why don't we, instead of, you know, Burt Backrack, why don't we do, um, you know, the Supremes and bring it to Sylvester and so, and we, and that's what we did with the the arrangement. You know, it, we're playing everything that Stephen Trask wrote, but we've arranged it a little bit differently so that, uh, you know, when it first comes in, you know, you literally hear you hear the the drums going, ooh, ooh, ooh. you know, we, we do that, and then moving into the second part, you know, we go, uh, I I play this uh, this octave, ding 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 ding, like you keep me hanging on, and it's just, and it goes into disco. So you know, uh, Sugar Daddy's a funk tune. 
I was oh. just going to bring that up. I loved <laughs> your take on Sugar Daddy. I love that so much. I was like, oh, it's funk now. Um, I thought that was so cool. I That makes me so happy. When I talk to people after the show, and I love talking to people after the show, it's like some people, you know, some people have never seen the show before. And then there's others who are singing along and know every song. And and that's one of the things that's fun for me, because be, since we are on stage the whole time, there's, you know, a few times they close the curtain on us. But for the most part, I can see the audience really clearly. I'm watching people. And when I see people who are singing along, I, I often like to look and see how they respond to Sugar Daddy. I think the biggest thing is that there's no piano. We looked at it and it's like, well, either... Either we could have Daniel play uh, play piano, or I could you know learn piano parts, or we could just do it without a piano. Automatically, you've got a different sound. Did this all happen organically in the process, or did Richard sort of have this vision going in and told you all and gave you the freedom on day one? Richard gave us a tremendous amount of freedom. Richard has had an amazing vision, and at the same time, you know, was very clear in his vision and that he and Daniel as the music supervisor wanted to let us bring us to the show. We're just a band. We love each other. We're dear friends. And when we write, we write very uh, collaboratively. That's why it's so special because we really brought what inspired us. This was all very respectful to the original score. And, you know, we play the score. We just brought, like I said, we brought the Supremes to it rather than Burt Backrack. Ashley and I, when we were there, there was an understudy on for Yitzhak. The understudy was phenomenal. I love going to see theater now post-pandemic and just see these companies. Everyone learned learned the hard way, right? But now everyone's sort of got a great system for these covers and understudies. And have you had a lot of rotation since you've been running for so long? Or has it how's it been with understudies going on? Well, you know, we came in with a sub for each, each musician and a sub for both actors. Wow. We have amazing subs. I mean, I know I keep talking about the band and all that, but we brought in folks that we know were amazing. And so no one's no one's missing out in their experience. And the same goes with the roles uh, for Hedwig and, and Yitzhak. Yeah. I mean, May Ramos, who you saw, they are incredibly, I mean, they're, they're incredible, powerful. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then Chris Steele, she does the, um, she does every Thursday night and Pangea does everything else. And, <laughs> you know, so, and then Liz Curtis as Yitzhak. I mean, I'm blown away by the level of talent that is involved and the level of heart, you know, every single night that we finish this show, you know, it's like when Yitzhak takes off, it's like, I'm not acting. I'm just like, yeah. I played Yitzhak down in San Jose at San Jose stage. And it was it was a dream come true for me. I loved doing that show, doing that role. The moment when when Yitzhak gets to step forward and sing Long Griff, the way that I felt doing that is exactly how Yitzhak felt, you know, just like I get to be in the spotlight for a moment. It's incredibly powerful and and moving and doesn't take too much work as an actor to get there. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I was I was wowed by both Pangea and um, the Yitzhak's name again. You saw May? I saw May, yeah. Yeah. Um, They were incredible. They were on it. I was like, how many times have they done this? It seems like they've been doing this the whole time, you know? I loved the moment when Pangea came out into the audience. That was really cool. And then I was thinking too, watching the onstage seating, I was like, well, I really, I didn't know the show going in. I'm like, I really hope those people knew what they were getting into. (laughs) It needed to be like a disclaimer. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think that this point shotgun is kind of getting known. Like when I saw great comet, which I saw three times, 
at Shotgun, uh, you know, I sat on stage each time and it's like, if you want to be immersed, I completely recommend anyone. And they do a lot of on stage seating now, but you are in, you're in the show. It's amazing. (laughs) So we heard a rumor that you are producing your own show at Shotgun. Yeah, I am feeling super lucky. Uh, A few years back, I was a part of a show called Girlfriend at the Berkeley Rep. Uh, It was 2010, which was a beautiful, beautiful show as well. And that sort of started me in my theatrical career, so to speak. Um, uh, And then a couple of years later, I did a um, I was one of the actors for a ground floor presentation that was written by um, Lisa Peterson and Todd Allman, which was, again, a huge honor. And then I applied for myself at ground floor and I had my own, uh, I guess, I don't know if residency is the right word for it. And this was, I think, 2019 um, that that happened. And I uh, now am going to get to do a, uh, a con- either a concert reading or something of that nature at Shotgun next uh, in 2024, October 2024. Amazing. And, uh, I'm thrilled. It's like a dream come true for me. What's it about? What's it called? And what's the premise? It's called We Three. And the premise of the core of it really is um, is twofold. It's about three women, three uh, three black women at the core of it in different, di- completely different stages in life. You know, there's a young, uh, you know, like a teenager, there's an, an, an elder, um, there's a, a, you know, the youth, you know, uh, a musician, professional musician, adult. And at the core of it is uh, an exploration of this concept of three women that runs through many different cultures and many different mythologies, um, whether it be like the three fates or the three norns, hmm. the three, the furies, um, yeah, mother maiden crone. It, it is not uncommon to, to, to think of basically the world being either run by or in some way riding on the base of these three women. And so the show the show is is uh, is sort of emerging of both that sort of mythology as well as what it is like in this world right now to um, to embody the three. And it's a musical, yes? And it's a musical. I can't help myself. I love musicals. You know, there's just something really, you know, I know there's like people out there who's like, oh, I hate musicals. And okay, maybe. they're not listening to this podcast. <laughs> no. But there's just, I mean, you know, there's no other way to capture the emotional content you know, you can say words or you can play music, but when you combine those two, for me, it, it's just there's there's sometimes there's just no other way to to express or to tell a story. Yeah. Right, right. When speaking and words are not and uh, not enough, you have to sing them, and that to me is why I I always loved musicals and the feeling that they bring to both the audience and the actors that are playing them. They go on that journey of watching people just break into song, which is not a normal thing people do in real life. Some of us do. (laughs) (laughs) Or I'm a dancer. You know, we also, we just put it in our body as well. Sometimes you just have to move, right? I mean, and and it's like, that is the only way to express it. Yeah. Uh, So when can we see We Three? When should we keep our eyes and ears open about it? Well, it's already on the schedule um, and it's October 2024. Shelly, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with Ashley and I and share your love of Hedwig and and then also to tell us about We Three. It's exciting. Good things are happening for you. Congrats. 
thank you so much for taking and just listening to me. I, as, as you can see, I really, I love talking about this stuff, you know. Perfect. <laughs> you were the perfect person to talk to. Appreciate mm-hmm. it. Right on. Thanks so much. All too. right. Bye. Happy holidays. Thank Bye. You. That was lovely. She was super easy to talk to. Oh my gosh. She was perfect. I kind of wish I had known her before I went and saw the show now. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Oh my gosh. She's an interesting person and has so much passion for what she does. It was nice to just be in her presence for a little bit. This podcast is so silly and it came out of a really silly conversation with my husband, but like, I love doing this. It's really fun. I, I'm excited to see where it goes. I think it's something that the the Bay Area really needs. Yeah. And this gives me an excuse to get out, see different companies and meet different people and just try to keep it positive and elevating the companies that are doing really great stuff. I mean, they're out there. Shotgun is clearly working their asses off and doing a great job. Yeah. We want these theater companies to stay open and thrive. So what we do unless people go to see shows, the bottom line. So exactly. Thanks for joining us for episode four, everybody. See you next time.